0: Hey,
1: what's up? (laughs) I thought you were gonna say it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Uncaging with me, Satyam Kanal, David Toro. Hey, everyone. And oh, that is where you can be if you want to show up as a guest to our podcast. So reach out to us if you want to do um, at theuncaging at gmail.com. But anyways, this is a podcast um, where we appreciate Nick Cage, his career, his movies, uh, all his chops. Um, and go back and check out all his movies Um, we we have done four of them already so far so please go check them out um, on our podcast the uncaging and um, today we are breaking down the movie racing with the moon a 1984 um, drama movie starring Sean Penn, Nicolas Cage and Elizabeth McGovern again Spoilers ahead, so I would recommend you go check out the movie, come back, and listen to it. It'll be a much better experience. David, how are you doing? Doing well. How are you? Good, good, good. How was your week? Good. It was good. Not too...
0: I always say this. I have to change it. (laughs) Yeah, it was a good week. Busy at work, but um, heading into the holiday season, so excited for a bit of cold weather. And some holiday spirit. How was your week?
1: My week was um, pretty good as well. Not as relaxing as Thanksgiving week. Uh, Yeah, I had like work and everything, but still loving the PC, um, or sorry, the laptop. Uh, Been binging, uh, sorry, playing a lot of games. Um, I got Stardew Valley, as I told you recently, and I'm really enjoying that game. I think after work, it's really nice to kind of de-stress on that game. Um, I played some Civ as well. But recently, uh, once the weekend hits, I play play either like The Witcher or Shadow of Mordor. I've been doing so much Shadow of Mordor recently. It's crazy. Just today, I've been like uh, doing a lot of missions. I've been playing for hours. So it's super fun. So I'm enjoying it. And yeah, looking forward to Christmas as well. Although I think I will be staying put uh, here in San Diego. I'm not going to travel anywhere. Uh, the COVID cases are getting crazy. We got a stay at home order, um, going on right now. So, yeah.
0: So how strict is the stay at home thing in California? Uh,
1: So for now, it's still, um, mostly about households not mingling with each other. So everyone is, um, kind of highly recommended to just do things that are essentials, um, outdoor activities, such as, Hiking and going to the beach is not kind of prohibited per se, but um, still it's like very highly recommended not to mingle with anyone other than your own household. Um, the i c u capacities are less than fifteen percent over the next three weeks, I think um, they're gonna try to get that number up at least to fifteen percent before Christmas. I think they're super worried about that.
0: yeah, yeah, makes sense, yeah. How about there? Um, It's okay. I mean, kind of the same thing. The number of cases are going up. Uh, We went to the mall today and a ton of people didn't have masks or, you know, they had it right below their nose, which is unfortunate because they're like putting everyone else at risk, but there's not much you can do about it. So for the most part, we've just been staying home, um, not really doing anything. We'll be driving to New York for Christmas um to spend time with uh with Tara's mom and her brother. But other other than that, yeah. My family will probably come to the US next next year. Hopefully by April or May. But then the wedding is June, so maybe even June. So we'll see. Gotcha, gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. Sounds good, sounds
1: good. Yeah. Alright. So let's get into the movie then.
0: Let's do it. This was a good one.
1: So what did you think of the movie, if you want to give your quick thoughts? Um...
0: Yeah, um, initially, I mean, first impressions, really, really good movie. I think it was a good change of pace with what we've been seeing um, as of late. Uh, we've been seeing movies that take place in the 80s, California. This one takes us back to the 1940s, 1942 to be specific, in California as well. It's um, kind of, I want to say pre-World War II, but it takes place right as the U.S. is joining World War II. Um, yeah, I I really liked it. It's interesting to see Sean Penn, too, after uh, Ridgemont High. So it's nice to see both of them on screen, even though Nick, Nick Cage wasn't really in Ridgemont High. But how did you like it?
1: Yeah, I liked it a lot, too. Um, yeah, like you said, I think it was a really nice, especially after the last movie we watched, it was a great change of pace. It's just a movie that's mostly about um, these young people kind of uh, living their life, especially uh, the two guys, the characters played by Sean Penn and Nick Cage, um, enjoying the summer before uh, they're uh, drafted off to war. So it's like this kind of last summer kind of vibe you get from the movie. And it's, it's like happy, but there's a looming cloud of, War, of war coming uh, from the distance. And it's these kids trying to deal with that. It's like, I think the theme of the movie is like uh, teenagers or young adults kind of transitioning into adulthood and how they uh, cope with that. Mm-hmm. So it's not as dreary as that, but yeah. I think the overall idea is that.
0: Yeah, and that's actually one thing you're completely right. We We are talking about it as if this is a depressing movie. But it's not. To give you a brief summary of the movie, Hopper is played by Sean Penn, Nikki is played by Nicolas Cage, and they're two good friends. Um, they end up uh, getting themselves into different situations. So, Nick Cage, for example, has a girl. Her name is Sally. Um, and then Hopper ends up meeting this girl called Catty. They meet these two girls. Nicolas Cage ends up breaking with her, with his um, girlfriend. And Sean Penn Hopper ends up developing a much more serious um, relationship with Caddy. So, as I was saying, it's it seems like it's... We're we're making it seem like it's a depressing movie, but it's really not. Um, the more depressing aspect, if you even want to call it depressing, is just their, their relationships, their friendships that have uh, challenges throughout the movie. But the whole scope of war is only as it's it's only there when they're thinking about it and they know that there's kind of like a due date of when they're gonna stop seeing each other. But even the end of the movie isn't isn't sad per se. It's more it's more hopeful and it leaves you as a viewer thinking that that they're they're not gonna be kill killed in war, they're gonna go out and be in the same battalion, they're gonna come home, uh, to the lives that they had. I thought that was a really interesting uh, spin on these like pre-war movies because every time I think of, of like you mentioned Schindler's List the other day, depressing movie, um, Saving Private Ryan, depressing movie, um, and it's it's kind of easy to make a, a depressing World War II movie, especially from the point of view of teenagers that that are being drafted to to go into the Pacific theater and and um, fight, but this one. This one was really, it was nice because it focused more on their relationships instead of the doom of going off to war.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. And I think the fact, so I'm going to dive right into Sean Penn's character because I think that's the shining kind of light of this movie or like the focal point of this movie. And I think the way the movie carries itself as a lighthearted movie is because of Sean Penn's character. Also Nicolas Cage's character, which we'll get into later, but I think Sean Penn, his his personality, his character is so playful and kind of down to earth and honest that it just carries the weight of the movie for me. And I think his role um, as this guy who comes from very humble beginnings, who knows he's going to be drafted soon. So he wants to make the most of these couple of weeks. Uh, at the start of the movie, he has six weeks before he gets going. Um, and then we see these six weeks kind of unfold in the movie. Um, so this kid who's who's trying to live his life uh, the best way he can before he has to leave, uh, really kind of carries the the kind of jovial nature that we feel as we're kind of going along with him in this journey. And um, again, it starts when he sees the girl Caddy and uh, we follow him in his different endeavors to kind of catch her attention first, uh, try to make her notice him. So uh, one of the catches or one of the important points in the movie is he believes that Caddy is a rich girl because he follows her once um, after seeing her for the first time and he s- he sees her going into this rich man- mansion in the outskirts of the town and Nicolas Cage follows him because um, Nicolas Cage and Sean Penn's characters, Nikki and um, uh, Hopper, are best friends, best buddies, you know, they work together, they do everything together. Um, So Nicolas Cage, as soon as he sees him follow the girl, as soon as he sees her go into the house, he calls her uh, Gatsby girl. So Gatsby girl, meaning, you know, she's super rich. Um, She's way above uh, Hopper's league, you know. Um, And I think throughout the movie, one of Hopper's um, wishes is to make sure he still manages to capture her heart, even though he knows she's uh, unreachable. I think the fact that he is being drafted helps him make that push because he it's the time is ticking. Like he doesn't have a lot. So he wants to hang out with her as much as he can. Um, What did you think about Hopper?
0: I liked him overall. I think, like you said, he's he's very down to earth in comparison to Nick Cage or Nikki. Um, but yeah, that was an interesting portion of the movie where, and actually it's, it's almost the entirety of the movie where they think that she's this enormously rich girl because of the house they see her go into. And it's nice to see as the viewers that we're, we're told at the, I think it's probably 15 minutes in, um, we realize that she's not rich, that she's, that she's uh, the daughter of the maid who works in the, in this mansion. Um, that way we see, we see Hopper, we see Hopper like engaging with her, but not in the way that he needs to impress her because she's rich. I think, I think he uses his smarts and his, um, good nature to reel her and to, to kind of court her. And he, he uses very sentimental things like when, when he takes her to, that hidden pond that Hopper's dad had had um, Nikki and Hopper discover when they were kids with that map. Um, if you haven't seen the movie, there's this one portion where there's this one part where Hopper takes Caddy to this pond, and Hopper explains that Nikki and Hopper had found that pond because the dad used to make these treasure hunts around the area, and the dad when they were kids, had hidden a pocket watch in the middle of the lake, and they spent like all day there. So that location was very, very close to Hopper's heart, and I think that him sharing that with Caddy was really special. Also, um, we don't see him playing piano a lot during the movie, even though you can see that he's really, really good at it. They go into that abandoned bar as well, which is one of one of his hideouts. It's an abandoned bar close to the cliffs of the Pacific in in Point Muir in California. Um and Hopper shows Hopper shows Caddy this area and it's an abandoned bar and they just hang out there. And I think is that the first point where they kiss or or does does he not does he not eventually kiss her in that scene?
1: They almost do, but I think she she backs out of it before they can because I think she's super conflicted at this point because from her point of view, she's been like, quote unquote, lying to him this whole time. Right. Like she's he she knows he thinks she's a very rich girl and she thinks that's why he's been pursuing her. We know it's not true. We know Sean Penn. I mean, we don't know, but you can guess by his actions that he doesn't care about how rich she is, really. Uh, The fact that she's a Gatsby or again quote-unquote Gatsby girl only affects if if anything it affects Nick Cage more than it affects uh, or Nikki more than if it affects uh, Hopper but in her mind she's not sure if he's after her for her money or for her so then I think she feels conflicted from the very beginning because she thinks it's it's not her but her money that he's after so you you try you see sh- her trying to distance herself from him, because she knows it's going to eventually come out. But then um, she also starts feeling very attracted to him. So it like they end up getting together anyways. Do you think that Caddy knows
0: that Hopper thinks that she's rich?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because if you uh, think of a couple of examples where. She So she has that chat with her friend where the friend says something in terms of... I don't know exactly at which point in the movie this is. Maybe she finds out slightly later. Um, maybe she finds out after he, that shoe scene where she, they go into the shop. She sees this really nice pair of shoes. Uh, she doesn't get it because she can't afford it. He thinks she can. Um, and then she talks to her friend and then she realizes he thinks she's super rich. So, yeah, you're right. Maybe from the very beginning, this wasn't apparent to her. But then there's also the fact that he m- may be going soon. So Right. So, yeah. And I was asking because I didn't get that impression at all.
0: I think that Caddy is unaware of how Hopper is perceiving her, even in that shoe scene. Um, from From my point of view... I don't think that, it, like, a kid back then, $25 was probably a big a big deal for, for shoes, and I don't think that a 17-year-old would carry maybe the equivalent of $100 today. So I always thought that Caddy, like, Hopper didn't know pretty much anything about Caddy's background because he hadn't asked, but Hopper was always assuming that she was rich. And I think what gave it away for me was at the end, after... After Sally gets the abortion, um, the way that she tells Sean Penn that she's not rich, that she's the maid's daughter, is so emotive. She starts crying because Hopper is, during the entire movie, thinking that she's someone who is not at that status. So that kind of gave it away to me. And, and then thinking back, I couldn't find any other uh, clues as to as to how or why Caddy would think that Hopper knows that she's either rich or, so it goes both ways. I don't think Hattie had any idea that Hopper knew, because they're so secretive when when they when they follow her. Um, Hopper hops into the into the bus, which is funny that his name is Hopper. He hops Dude, onto I've the train. Dude, I've seen
1: trains. him. I I noticed him hopping four times. <laughs> he hopped a fence twice when he. Um quote-unquote played football when he jumped over the fence the dog chased him and he jumped back out and then once the bus and then once the fence that goes into her house so four times
0: hey that's why that's why they call him hopper (laughs) but yeah that's those yeah that that was a that was a, a very very kind of touching scene at the end when when she when she truly tells him who she is
1: so for sure, I know she said it to her friend in, when she's uh, kind of doing her job in the movie theater. Uh, the same friend she had him uh, take as his date like when they went ice skating. Um, so that was when they were talking and the friend says, oh, he thinks you're Gatsby girl or like you're rich. And she just kind of smiles. So I think she was already aware. And that's why she has that guilt throughout at least from that point if not earlier all through to the end because then she has that added pressure of feeling maybe he's into me only for the money and not for myself so i have to keep this impression going because i don't want to disappoint him okay and then that's why you see her trying to uh steal the jewelry from her um like friend yeah alice yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, that makes sense then.
0: Yeah, I, I must have completely missed that conversation then in the bar. That was at the at the beginning when Sean Penn walks into the bar and Sally and Katie are at the like eating ice cream or whatever. Uh
1: so so this is not Sally, this is uh Caddy's own friend. I forget her name. Uh so Sally is uh Nick Cage's girlfriend, right? But this is not that scene. So that scene is when they uh, get the double date going. Um, but the oh, Gretchen scene is like... Gretchen. Maybe Gretchen, yeah. But that scene is like later on in the movie. I think it's right after the shoe uh, scene. Okay. If I remember correctly, yeah. One thing I found really interesting for Hopper as well... First of all, I found him... When the movie started out, I thought he was like a like a kind of mischievous uh, kind of boy kind of guy who didn't really care about others, who just did things that he wanted to do, kind of like what Nick Cage turned out to be. But kind of um, somewhere along the movie, I figured out how honest and good-natured and really a solid friend, a solid guy Hopper was because of all his... um, like, how he carries himself throughout the movie. He's very honorable. Um, and what I want to say here is, because we'll talk about later plot points in a little bit, but I see how he got that way because of his dad. Like, I really liked his dad's character. And I really like the relationship that Hopper has with, with his dad. Uh, so his dad is an, uh, is a gravedigger by profession. Um So you can assume they're not very rich and whatnot. But his dad is a really great, like, stand-up guy. Um, He doesn't yell at Hopper at any point in the movie, even when Hopper comes back, like, in the morning, like, spending a night out with Nikki, um, you know, being drunk and whatnot. And, um, yeah, like, he immediately finds out that uh, hopper likes a girl and that's why he's being distracted you know so i really like the fact that um the way hopper turned out to be i think is a big influence of his dad and it really shows you know in movies and all usually you see a very uh, conflicted father and son relationship you know and mm-hmm. that feels a lot of the son's uh, emotional baggage and whatnot but I think this movie did a really good job of showing how a good father-son relationship is um, so I really like that.
0: Yeah, I agree. The father kind of remind me reminded me of the parents in Valley Girl. They're they're kind yeah, of yeah. very laissez-faire. You know, they're Yeah. And and he seems to support him. He's growing up too and, and he must think that his son's going out to to war in a few weeks imagine reprimanding your son that you're not going to see for x amount of time especially because he's going off to war you know so that could also be an influence
1: yeah yeah i think this is a good place to talk a a little bit earlier than usual about nick cage just because how of how integral he is to this movie yeah he does should break him down
0: he does play a much bigger role this time around than than in other movies we've seen
1: so what did you think about him? So,
0: I liked him at the beginning of the movie, but he ends up being conniving. Not not to Sean Penn, to Hopper. He's, he They've been best friends since they were kids, so they're very honest with, with each other. There's no bad blood or any secrets hidden uh, between those two. But it's more about how Nikki treats people around him. He seems to be a, a pretty selfish person. And... So it gives you the impression that he is not selfish, but then he ends up being selfish. So, for example, um, Nicholas or Nikki um, gets Sally pregnant and they need money to raise for an abortion, which also reminds me of the plot point in Valley Girl. Not Valley Girl. Yes, Valley Girl. I was thinking of Richmond High. Um, Sorry, it was Richmond High. Oh, yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) <laughs> I, yeah. I
1: thought you said Richmond High and then...
0: Yeah, okay. and- Richmond High, not valid yeah. girl. But yeah. um, they have to raise money for the abortion, $150, which I can only assume is like $600 today or something. Um, and he's conniving in the sense that they they try to swindle several Marines playing pool. Oh,
1: dude, I love that scene. That, that was so fun.
0: I have never felt so tense during a pool scene it was so good I know. with the it was music so well done yeah with the music the atmosphere then in the middle of the game two other marines come in thinking this is yeah. getting really really heated that was
1: almost breaking badass yeah like i felt like i was watching breaking bad like you see them messing up and then you know things are gonna go badly for them you know
0: yeah it was it was a really good scene yeah um so they're playing with these two marines which is ironic because they are going to the war to to be marines as well. So, they're playing pool and at first it's Nick Cage kind of setting the setting the scene, setting the game because he has the talks while Hopper has all the skills to play the game. Um in the end they lose and Nick Cage gives them fake money. It's fake $150. The marines realize and then they they just leave through they just leave before they get um beat up by the marines um an interesting thing is that they they had alluded that this happened last summer because they had to pay for something in the in the car so they had already tried swindling someone like this yeah and succeeding the previous summer because otherwise i mean
1: hopper is a mean pool player yeah he is he is And I really like the fact when he said, Billy, the other guy who was also playing, I love how at one point, um, once they they start competing, uh, Hopper says, so Nikki asks him, like, how is he doing? And he says, well, he's playing better than he was five minutes ago, which I think was fantastic. So it kind of gave a little bit more depth to this Billy, the other Marine guy as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's as if yeah. he was he was playing like nonchalantly, kind of
0: like having yeah, a good time. Yeah. But then when yeah. the stakes are the stakes are high, yeah. he can deliver. Yeah, because he's a marine too. I mean, if you think about that, that you have to yeah. you have to have be at one hundred percent when you're in battle. Yeah. But um, they're raising money to get Sally an abortion. Eventually, what happens is they lose. So Sean Penn is, well, Nikki convinces Sean Penn, Hopper, that he needs to approach Caddy about the money. Because at this point, Nikki believes that Caddy's loaded. So $150 is going to be nothing. And that's when, like you said before, Alice, the daughter of the... I have it written down here somewhere. The Donnellys um, of the big house discovers Caddy stealing that pearl necklace so eventually alice gives the money to caddy caddy gives it to nick to nikki and then they go get an abortion so up up until this point you can i i thought that nikki was resourceful he wasn't necessarily selfish because he was doing what he needed to do to get the money maybe not in the most moral way but he he definitely was willing to put in the work and get the money eventually though it's time to take Sally to the abortion clinic. And I say that with air quotes because it's a trailer, which is really, really sketchy, especially in like 1942. And he doesn't even get out of the car. He just doesn't want to deal with it. Um, when Sally actually comes to see them at the bowling alley, which is where they work, he doesn't he doesn't he barely acknowledges her. She just shooes her away. So I think actually when that occurs, when Sally comes in looking for Nikki to see if he's gathered the money and he kind of shoots her away, that's where I thought that there was another side to the character that wasn't as free spirit as we had seen up until this point.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that's where you really see the immaturity of Nikki's character or his character flaw. So Usually we see him in the context of hanging out with Hopper. And at that time, he's fantastic. You know, he's joking around. He's talking about, you know, all these amazing things they're going to do once they join the army. And you know that they're best of friends. They have been best of friends. They've been uh, running or racing the train. You see that scene where they do it, um, you know, around the middle of the movie. And, you know... It's, you can feel that these are really best friends, and you know that has even ascended to the um, to the level of being like brothers almost. Um, but once you see him outside of that context, you really see how selfish of a person he is, or how um, immature and how kind of self-driven he is, and him kind of disregarding Sally, like you said. I feel like if for him, if there is a problem, he just doesn't want to deal with it or he wants to kind of distant himself from it, um, which, of course, Hopper doesn't like. And again, in a very Breaking Bad-esque uh, kind of um, story, like things kind of, you know, kind of butting heads, this is where the, the scene where she comes over and asks Nikki to help her. And then Nikki dismisses her is where you really see Caddy realize what's going on. And then it all comes to head. So on one side of the story, you had this beautiful love story developing between Hopper and Caddy. Um, On the other side, more darker side, you see Nikki um, getting uh, Sally pregnant and then not dealing with it. And then everything comes together in that scene and everything gets muddied because then... Nikki involves Hopper because he needs money. Hopper, although first they try to swindle the Marines, it doesn't work out. Hopper has to involve Caddy, which he hates to do because he wanted things to be super good and elegant and, you know, just great between those two. Um, So it muddies everything around Hopper and even, even for him and Caddy. And then Caddy has to go and steal, which, which muddies it for her as well. So Nikki is like the focal point for this disturbance in that, you know, in their, in their relationship, in their life. So I thought that was really well done. And that for me was the best part about this movie because the, the movie could have chosen to just keep these things separate. But I like the fact that they chose to make all of these things kind of clash which happens in real life. In real life, you can't segment parts of your life and just be happy, right? Things will kind of clash, and at one point, you have to deal with it. So I really like the fact, and that is that situation also opens up the, the can of worms that Caddy had been keeping from Hopper, that she wasn't rich. So I really enjoyed that bit. And yeah, like you said... um it really shows Nikki for who he is i wouldn't personally go as far as to call him conniving because i can appreciate the fact that he is still a kid he's 17 like it's 17 in a small town you know he he doesn't know what he's doing um, really i mean hopper we we judge nikki by the same kind of scale as hopper which is not fair, because I think Hopper is just a really stand-up guy. Um, so, I would say kids that age are more likely to be like Nikki than to be like Hopper. So, and I mean, even the swindling scene, kids kids that age, you can expect them to do worse things for money. Um, the fact that Nikki tried to do a, a pool, it's still a cute little prank, you know? It's not like murder or or robbery you know so i think nikki is just a careless kid that loves to do things he likes hates to deal with problems um and i think this was where i felt really interesting because then a schism opens between um first of course sally and nikki but then also nikki and hopper And then also Hopper and Caddy. And to some extent, Caddy and Alice. But Alice is such a good friend to Mm -hmm. Caddy that she understood immediately, you know. Um, So then you see this huge rift between all of these characters. And and this being so close to them leaving. I was worried at one point that there was going to be no closure. I mean, of course, it's a Hollywood movie, so there would be. But, you know, if you think about in real life terms, maybe there would have been no closure for any of them. But, of course, like, uh, Hopper realizes that especially since they're going off to uh, join, you know, in the army, he needs Nikki. Even though Nikki has flaws, he needs Nikki because they're best of friends. They need to watch their back, especially in a hostile environment, you know. And then Nikki, of course, uh, loves Hopper as well. You see him kind of wallowing around when Hopper is not with him. Nikki apparently came to... see hopper like a few times after that fight um and then at the end of course hopper leaves that note for caddy as well and then they eventually meet you know so i like the fact that the movie chose to create these rifts and then later kind of everyone found closure
0: i totally agree when you say that you can't judge them with the same metric because they are completely different people um one example is when they just dropped off um Sally to get the abortion Caddy and Hopper leave the car and that's when that's when Caddy tells Hopper that she's not rich but then um Caddy asks Hopper what he would do if they were in the situation with um the same situation that Nikki and Sally are in with the abortion and Hopper says I would marry you which is which is an extremely like mature thing to say, when you're that age, seventeen. He says like I would I would go I would face the problem I wouldn't I wouldn't shy from it. I thought that was really, that was uh, very telling of the character and his integrity and his dedication to Caddy as well. And towards the end when they go off to war, it gives it gives me peace of mind that when they return, he's going to be eagerly waiting to be with Caddy. It gives me that closure when the movie ends.
1: Yeah, for sure. The ending scene I I thought was really refreshing. Again, they could have chosen to make it somber or like sad. They could have made it um, more dark where you don't know, like you see them going off and you really don't know what's going to happen. But they chose to make it happy and they chose to show that, you know, Caddy shows up. um, So, you know, Caddy has strong feelings for him and she will probably just wait for him and also the fact that the friends nikki and hopper have already like uh kind of made amends as well and then they do the whole racing the train thing again and they get onto the chain which is you know the probably the best ending that could have happened yep. you know unless it decided to show them come back later or something but so
0: at one point i was thinking that maybe the movie would end with them telling their grandchildren about the story or something like this but i think that's more that's more of a modern hollywood ending than than i haven't seen too yeah, many too many old movies that end that way um one thing that i did want to mention was when caddy takes him to the hospital where she distributes the books from the library to the injured soldiers that kind of gave me pause because hopper realizes what he's going into in a few weeks he's he's re, he realizes that this is actual danger that he's going into he could i mean the least that could happen is that he gets like leg blown off like uh like that guy warns him about and that that guy that he talks to is only 22 and i think that kind of that kind of up until well n- not the only point in the movie but Everything had been kind of happy-go-lucky until that point. Until we see that the that Hopper is kind of coming face to face with with what he's gonna gonna walk into when when with with war and the whole draft situation.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, we don't see Hopper really talk about it, him with Nikki or him with anyone else. And Caddy kind of plays our role and asks him, "Why don't you talk about the war?" Um, but that scene kind of cemented, um, that scene and the scene after where he says, you know, I don't talk about it, but I do think about it. It kind of cements in my head that he does have like the looming cloud. He does have it on his mind all the time. It's just the fact that he knows it's going to come. So he wants to enjoy his life before it happens. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah, he, again, he, it shows how mature he is as a person. Um, But yeah, that that scene with Frank was really enlightening. Um, He knows he kind of comes face to face with the reality and what may happen and what if something even worse can happen, you know. Mm -hmm. And you can see it in
0: the character at the beginning, too, because Caddy gets on the bus and I, I think Hopper tells Nikki, if I don't go after her now, when? It's kind of like living in the moment, because like you said, there's this thing that's approaching that I can do nothing about. And if, if you look at like a person's life and, and like human civilization, that's kind of like, we have, it, it, all of us have death at the end of our lives. I'm sorry to get so morbid, but it's like the fact that it's that something that dooming is happening, it pushes us forward. It pushes us to do, um, things that we wouldn't do if we were eternal, because if we were eternal, then, you know, what would be the motivation? So I think that's that was a good mirror into like everyday life that we we can relate to.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, carpe diem it reminds me of that. Yeah, uh, Robin Williams' message in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, I want to transition a little bit into Nicolas Cage as an isolation. You know, mm-hmm. um, outside of the scope of this movie, but like in terms of the whole, I thought again, I really like the fact that he was giving a he was given a much bigger role um he played the supporting actor to the main protagonist i think sean penn kills it yeah um, at his role uh but i think nicholas cage does a fantastic job as well um after valley girl this would be his most um kind of prominent role and uh again i wouldn't say this is a nick flick because it isn't really about him he is more of a supporting friend who kind of messes up and then uh you know that's how the story unfolds but we did get to see rage cage um we got to see drunk cage as well so um he he drinks a lot throughout the movie um i think he has the abortion on his mind the whole time and uh drinking and of course the war so he has to worry about both things. So I think drinking is how he copes with it. Um, and Sean Penn berates him. His character Hopper berates him for drinking too much because Hopper realizes that Nikki drinks and then messes up even more every time. You know? Um, so I think he did a really good job. Uh, he really sold me on his character. And he has a lot of energy in the movie, uh, especially when he is with Hopper. He takes charge of being the the person that's like kind of present, and Hopper just kind of plays second fiddle to him. Uh, in the pool scene as well, it's you see Nikki engaging with the Marines. Uh, Hopper is mainly the guy who has the skills for the game, but Nikki is like the kind of the, uh, bridge between them or, you know, the guy who starts it. So yeah, I really liked his energy. I thought he portrayed his conflicted character and his morally questionable character, um, very well. Yeah, I agree. I think like Valley Girl, I think he proves that
0: he's, he's a good supporting actor. Um, no wonder that he's going to get more prominent roles in the future. I like the my favorite scene with him was the when they get drunk and they're kind of um, cruising the town and they go into the tattoo parlor. Um, they're like yelling and talking about the war and and Nicky's like he's he's eager to go into war and start defeating the enemy, and then they walk into the tattoo parlor and he demands that he gets an an eagle on his heart because he feels so patriotic before the war. Um, I would say that's typical uh, Nick Cage. He's drunker and he's drunk. So um, yeah, that was a scene that I I definitely enjoyed. And then um, overall, I mean, his his character is complex in his own way, and I think that he he conveys it properly. He conveys it in a way that's that was very convincing to me.
1: I also love how in the bowling alley he sang that song Tangerine. I really enjoyed that performance. With With the the mop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Shall we transition into uh, ratings then? Yeah. Yep. So cool. So,
0: I gave the movie an 8 out of 10. Uh, Let me see what I gave Rumblefish. I gave Rumblefish an 8 out of 10 as well. And Valley Girl, I gave a a 7. So, just to refresh. But um, I gave the movie an 8 out of 10 because it's It's different from what we've been seeing. It's similar in the sense that it's still two teenagers, a certain coming of age story, but it takes place in a different era. um The relationships between the characters I think are more intricate than than the pre the prior movies. You could argue that Rumblefish does have some uh pretty complex relationships, but I also really liked the thing that you had mentioned before the whole plot, the one decision kind of knocks over the dominoes. Um, and it ends up involving every single character in the movie. I really like that. And I think it was, it was really well scripted overall. What did you think about the movie?
1: Yeah, I agree. I think it was an eight out of 10 as well for me. Um, I, I like the fact that the movie kept the story simple, but executed that idea really well. Um, Again, I really like the fact that they use the war as a plot of kind of um, like an impending uh, truth that they all have to face. And it's up to them how they make these next few weeks count. And they chose to do it in a different way. Hopper chose to follow his heart, but still keep his head, keep his cool and be honorable. Nikki chose to drown his fears and his... Um, his like the feeling of going to war by drinking, and then um, not making the greatest of decisions by you know getting this girl pregnant. Uh, so it shows how different people react to different situations, um, and I think the use of the dynamic between Hopper and Caddy uh, on one side, and then Hopper and Nikki on the other was really good I thought so I, I really enjoyed the movie and of course the performances so here I would definitely like to make an exception and give Sean Penn a, a mention as well because he deserves it like for me he killed it I, like I give him a nine out of ten like he really carried the movie I think he did a fantastic job
0: I haven't seen too many Sean Penn movies I've seen like the staple ones like Mystic River um, I Am Sam and I think he's in seven, I think it's seven pounds or 13 pounds, grams.
1: 20, 21, 21 grams, 21 grams. 20, grams. Yeah. 21 grams. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, and in every single movie he kills it. And that's when he's, he's a full blown adult in those movies. He's been acting for, for decades at, th- at that point. And the fact that he can deliver such a convincing performance for a 17 year old that's about to go to war is incredible to me. He's extremely talented.
1: Yeah, I really enjoyed it as well. And you can really see, uh, it's almost like a method actor. He, I feel like he really gets into character and plays them really well. I think this was, I read um, later that the two lead role, lead cast, Sean Penn and Elizabeth uh, McGovern, they were also together, I think, um, while filming this movie. Apparently, they even lived together at one point. Um but then split up later. So again, the leads being together, helping the movie go well makes sense, right? Um so yeah, I think he did a phenomenal job. Uh he really sold me on the character of Hopper. How about our boy Nick? Yeah, I gave him eight out of eight out of ten because overall I think,
0: uh, barring obviously the uh the um whole abortion thing well even even then he just he just sells it he's at no point do you think that he's just not really convincing in his role i think he
1: he plays the role really well i will still give him a 7.5 because and this is me being selfish for me absolute nick cage is nick cage like fully blown nick cage like so vampires this is, is nick like cage yeah yeah exactly you know so this this was a Nick Cage that could have been played by any any other person. It's just a it's just a role that you you put Sean uh, Sean Penn in Nick Cage's role and he still does it really well, right? But then there's the Nick Cage role that nobody else can do, you know? So, for me it was like a 7.5. I definitely enjoyed it. He sold it really well. He portrayed the the flawed character of Nicky really well. So, I enjoyed it a lot. Overall, final thoughts of the movie.
0: Highly recommend it. I think it's it's in the top three at least that I've seen from him.
1: Yeah, I really enjoyed it too. Um, It has a really good message. It's uh, it ends on a hopeful note. It shows how um, war affected directly or indirectly affected everyone uh, in that time, and how people react to these these kind of impending situations uh, differently. Uh yeah, I really enjoyed it too. Yeah, and and honestly, I'm I'm excited to see if him and Sean Penn cross paths again at some point in the future and see what kind of interactions they have because here they were fantastic.
0: Yeah, I think they make a good duo. Yep. Satyam, we got our first listener mail. Did you did you manage to read it? Oh yes, I did read it. That I really enjoyed it. Yeah, so it was from someone called Tara Moore and she said that she really liked our dis- our discussions and analysis from Valley Girl. Um I don't know if she if she listened to Rumblefish but um yeah I, I mean I hope I hope that she listens to that one. She did agree that the creepy doll in Valley Girl scared the Jesus out of her like it did to us so that was that was a uh, that was fun to to hear. So yeah, I uh, th- thanks for the message and we hope that you enjoy our upcoming episodes.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much, Tara. Um, Really appreciate hearing from you. Uh, Really loved your insight. And please send us more um, emails. Um, Send us a voicemail on Anchor. And if you really want, you can join us as a guest um, on this show. We would love to have you. Uh, And thank you so much.
0: Thanks for joining us on our fifth episode of The Uncaging. We just discussed Racing with the Moon, 1984 movie with Sean Penn and Nicolas Cage. Please leave us a review wherever you are listening and share with your friends. You can send us voice notes that we will feature on next week's episode at anchor.fm slash theuncaging. You can also send us an email, like Tara did, with shoutouts and comments and get yourself a mention on the upcoming episode you can write to us using theuncaging at gmail.com. We're looking forward to watching and reviewing the next movie called The Cotton Club, which is another Francis Ford Coppola movie like Rumblefish. It takes place in Harlem during the late 1920s and features a jazz club, so there's going to be really good music to come. And this is Nate Cage's sixth movie. Join us next week, and thank you for listening, as always
1: yeah thank you so much for listening shout out to all of you guys um we enjoy doing this ourselves but it rejuvenates us and makes us even happier when we know we're reaching out to fans followers friends you know we really enjoy it of course shout out to nicholas cage for his awesomeness and giving us this opportunity of making the podcast um and shout out to you know all our platforms as well spotify anchor and and shout out to you, David, for not only making this podcast with me, but doing all of the technical stuff. So just so everyone knows, David is the one who does the masterful editing um, in the in, in the ba- you know, backstage. So he he I owe it to him for all of this. So thank you, David. If
0: you are listening to this and you hear a glitch, please let us know, <laughs> because then there's something there is something that I need to work on. <laughs> <laughs> There's not gonna be a glitch, because I know you're gonna do job. Right? I want to say thank you to you for providing such insightful discussions, too. Some of the things, some of the things that you do mention flow right right through me. I have no idea some of the things that you say, so, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad that you are at least more insightful than I am.
1: We make a good team, you know, We make a good team. Yeah, for sure. All right, so, uh that's all we have for today thank you so much uh please reach out to us if you think we can do a better job somehow if you find any flaws um that we can fix uh let us also know if you uh like what we're doing um we always love to hear back and see you next week have a good week see you next week